0: DJ and pk it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined by Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. So let's get the pick right out of the way. I'm curious. Suns, Bucks, what are you thinking? Both for game one and the series, just in case it's different.
1: Uh I think the Suns are gonna win and I'd take uh the Suns for, for both of those. Uh I think the Suns are are playing at a little bit of a higher level right now and I you know, this is a little bit of a cop out, but with Giannis's health, right, I don't think he's gonna play game one. Uh not sure we'll see him back in the series necessarily. Uh, so I think that sways me toward Phoenix more comfortably. I think it'd be a real tough pick if Giannis were healthy. Uh, I hope he gets there. I hope we get that fun series I envision uh, with both teams at full strength. Uh, I just think it's unlikely Milwaukee gets to that point.
2: So the Suns' success that they've had is sort of out of left field to a good degree in terms of getting to the finals. Have not made the playoffs in eleven seasons, but they're expected to be better. I don't know they're expected to be this better. Does this send a message to the NBA as far as uh, keep plugging away and maybe you can strike gold? Uh,
1: I hope so. And it's not just plugging away, right? When they made that move to trade for Chris Paul, a lot of people were skeptical. They gave up a first-round pick, and people said, oh, you know, like well, congratulations, maybe you'll make the first round and lose there. Uh, there's something, too. I, I always thought they'd be better than that. I thought they'd be a, a pretty good playoff team and not necessarily win a series, but have a a real chance to, they've caught some breaks. No question, right? Like uh, the the Lakers uh, with injury, Anthony Davis and LeBron was not at full strength. and You get the the Nuggets without Jamal Murray and just throughout the playoffs. They've uh, been on the fortunate side, although, you know, Chris Paul had coronavirus. So it's not like it's been perfect for Phoenix, but there's something too. Be good and give yourself a chance to catch those breaks. How many teams have uh, spent years just saying, hey, you know what, we don't want to just sneak into the playoffs. We don't, you know, we, we'd rather tank. Uh, you know, we're at that point where we're not ready to push in our chips. We don't think we've got a good chance at a championship. Oh, the Warriors are too good, or you know, whoever the team du jour is is too good. We don't have a chance. Give yourself a chance. Uh, not every team is going to catch those breaks, but, man, how satisfying is it when you do?
0: So as you uh, wait for the finals here, and they could be over real quick, as you point out, if, uh, if Giannis isn't going to play, maybe I'm underestimating the Bucks there, but the off season is looming here for the Utah Jazz. And there's the whole talk about Conley. I think most people come down on the side of they got to bring Mike Conley back because if they don't, they're going to lose the money. But I think there's also awareness that bringing Mike back brings back the threat of injuries that have haunted him the last two years. So where do you stand on all of that?
1: I don't see a feasible way for the Jazz to get a better player, and that's including the injury risk. It's there. It's real. Uh, I don't know a better solution uh, in, just in terms of making the team as strong as possible than re- trying your best to re-sign Conley and hoping for the best health-wise. Uh, to me, that's far better than getting a lesser player, far lesser player, with the mid-level exception, who even if he's healthy is not going to be uh,
2: Okay, and I agree with all that, but what do you prioritize as other needs, too?
1: Uh, I think the Jazz need a, 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 the, the ability to be more versatile, and I'd look first at backup center. Uh, Derek Favors, uh, I had some moments last year, but especially as it got deeper in the playoffs, you know, I just saw somebody who uh, was stylistically uh, couldn't change how the Jazz play, and also just very clearly was far worse than Rudy Gobert. Uh, so I, I think there's room to upgrade there and get the ability to adapt to different styles. Right when the Clippers went small, uh, that gave uh, Utah a lot of problems, uh, and to a certain degree, yeah your role to your best player as best player. Uh, but sometimes it's helpful to be able to play different ways, and I, I think Utah can address that through backup center.
0: We've heard a lot about the middle class really getting squeezed in the NBA as the massive guaranteed deals and the Supermax deals come online. Are there guys who are kind of in that mid-range who are going to get squeezed and could be a value play that, of course, at that point, the Jazz aren't the only team battling to get them, but you <laughs> get the point.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's one now because of the super tax contracts, or didn't this before I'm about to slightly calculate that pack uh, that middle. But I think what Donovan Mitchell would have gotten if there were no max, Uh and he is not even like the very best of the very best. I think he could have drawn more. And so that that leaves more money to pay for everybody else. I think that's often uh where, where uh, you end up overpaying uh for, for some of these players in that range. But if you're a team like the Jazz, again, it's not much money to spend. It's very easy for me to spend. if you're just trying to maximize the roster, it's not gonna be value we're in poor production
0: value uh, Dan you're breaking up uh, you're breaking up pretty badly if you can call us back on another line or move to a window or something uh, we're, we're only catching a portion of what you're saying y'all can work on that y'all can work on that with Dan and we'll see if we can get him back on with a better line that's an interesting thing on the backup center you know, that's a Dennis
2: Lindsay thing. And uh, how much, how many more years does Derek Favors have? And, you know, I, I look at in the uh, clinching game for the Suns, Sarich hit a couple threes. It just seemed like, man, that was a huge plus. You know, he's the backup center to Aiton. And all he did was just take a couple threes, and they went in.
0: And somehow it seemed like it was a huge lift. Well, depending on when they come in a the game, they are. I mean, that's the it thing. It was early. About, right. First half. But if half. it's momentum, if it's confidence, it's, you can't just look at a box score. You have to watch the game and be feeling it as it happens. But some of them are huge confidence boosts. And, and there are plenty of teams who think, hey, we're pretty even here, but when we go to our bench, we're going to get these guys. And there's a lot of confidence comes from that. And if you think, hey, we might be in trouble when we go to our bench, but if someone hits a couple of threes and you trade points or maybe even go on a run, it is a huge boost. But the Jazz don't have any center who can hit a three. Right. So they have to get one. And so that's the thing. How versatile can you make your team? And when you're looking at uh, contracts, favors, uh, makes $9.7 million next year and then has a player option for $10 million the year after. He's 29 years old right now. If you're going to move guys on the roster, I don't think they have a roster where you're going to move much because you just create a hole when you move somebody. But if I had to guess, I'm thinking, okay, that might that may be a guy. If you need a center, we saw it in New Orleans. They were way better when they had them when they, than when they didn't. So is that something we got we kind of have a new guy calling the shots, except he's been there and he's had a loud voice, but now he's got the voice. So it makes for an interesting offseason because we can't really predict where this is going to go. All right, we got Dan Feldman back now and hopefully got a little better line. So, Dan, you want to just pick up that point there about uh, you were making about uh, favors and the jazz and backup centers.
1: Oh, so I, you know, I think Backup Center is a place where the Jazz definitely have room to upgrade. Uh, I, I wasn't so impressed with where Favors was by the end of the year into the playoffs. To me, he just looked like a worse version of Rudy Gobert in a lot of ways, had a lot of uh, limitations, but obviously not nearly the same strength. Uh, so I think Backup Center is a place where the Jazz can both upgrade. Uh, and also get the ability to play different styles, be more adaptable. Obviously, usually you want to have your best players on the floor, and that's Rudy Gobert, but there are going to be times, like against the Clippers, when when they went small it gave the Jazz a lot of problems, there are going to be times where you want to play different styles, and I think backup center is a place that the, the Jazz can get a reasonable player. not going to be as good as somebody who can work favors and provide that adaptability.
2: How about be able to hit some threes because they don't have that out of their big man now?
1: Yeah, that'd be a big part of it. Uh, It's offensively like that, too, but it's also defensively. Rudy Colbert is an excellent defender. He is at his best when he's in the paint. Uh, He loses some of his value when he's on the perimeter. He holds his own. I'm not one of these people who believes, oh, he gets played off the court all the time, the playoffs, or anything like that. But there are times where there's some players who can play center, who can hold up there in smaller lineups. Uh, who are just a little bit more fleet of foot, better moving on the perimeter, uh, better on that defensive end in those matchups.
0: So there's been a lot of talk about wing players for the Jazz and that they need someone who's got some size and some athletic ability and then make enough threes, maybe bring them along as a three-point shooter. How much would you value that?
1: Uh, It'd be great. Uh, The whole league values that, though. unfortunately, for for the Jazz. That, That is the premium a spot to fill to get an athletic and skilled wing. The Jazz have one in Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, he's, he's a little smaller than, than who you're talking about, uh, the, the guy you want. But those players are, are so hard to find, so hard to get. Uh, and the Jazz are, are going to be limited to the mid-level exception. It's going to be tough to get that style of player because uh, there just aren't that many of them around the league and the ones who are, are for that reason, very highly valued.
2: So Damian Lillard has a massive contract, and he's a massive talent for sure. Do you think there's any way he would get moved?
1: If he wants to. Uh, that's how the NBA works out. If he wants to get traded, he will. Uh, I'm going to take him at, You know, at, at his word. He's talked about staying with one team. So listen, I
0: think he's really
1: frustrated at this moment. Everything hasn't gone to plan. Uh, I, so I, I think it's highly unlikely, but sure, there's a chance.
0: Doesn't it seem more likely with four years left on his deal that with the coaching change he gives it a shot for a couple of years and then he's moved with two years left on his deal? Or is that old-school thinking after <laughs> watching the way Chris Paul's been bounced around the league by the Rockets, the Thunder, and now to the Suns?
1: You know, it's, it's different than Chris Paul. Uh, because Chris Paul, you know, when he engineered the moves himself, uh, it wasn't with so much time left. He didn't want the Rockets. So maybe he did by that point, but he wasn't you know, forcing a trade, demanding a trade. The Rockets were the, were the real impetus there. They wanted to get rid of him. Uh, the Trailblazers don't want to get rid of Damian Lillard. No way. And they do have some leverage uh, because of that. So much of this is really about uh, the star's stomach for doing this, right? If Damian Lillard really wants to be traded and is willing to make a mess and make things difficult on the Trailblazers and not be the great leader he was and not be the great teammate he was, he can probably get traded. A lot of players don't want to do that. That's not their mindset, and that's so far from what Damian Lillard's mindset has been.
2: Does Kawhi go back to the uh, Clippers?
1: I think that's most likely. Uh, there's no signal I've seen in any direction stronger than just two years ago he chose the Clippers. He could have gone anywhere, and he chose the Clippers. Obviously, it hasn't worked out as well as anybody there would have hoped, uh, but has it been so bad that he's ready to leave? I doubt it. Uh, But it's at least possible. Once you hit free agency, you have options.
0: What happens with the Mavericks? Because obviously you got Luka Doncic there, awesome. But you got a new coach, you got a new GM, you got the ability to create some serious cap space. What are they going to do?
1: It's kind of a bummer for them in that they've been uh, saving up to have this cap space the last year before. You know, Luka Doncic is going to be on that, that Supermax contract and so highly paid. You have him on that Chiefs Rookie-scale contract. This is your opportunity to get cap space. And Giannis signed his extension. Kawhi Leonard, who we just talked about, was probably going to say, I mean, I'm sure you make a run at him. This, this free agent class hasn't panned out as hoped. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. played very well for them, gave them good minutes. A lot of their cap space is based on him leaving, his big salary coming off the bus their best option might end up just being resigning him. That'd be disappointing, uh, but you got to make the best of the situation.
2: Yeah, that's interesting there with that situation as far as what they're going to be able to do because even though the kid is young, it seems like there's a lot of intense pressure to get better immediately as if he's running out of time. And what is he, 22? Maybe not. I don't even know if he's 23. So it seems like you know when you look at somebody like Chris Paul, who doesn't get to the finals until his 16th year, It seems kind of silly that Dallas is under this pressure, but at least that's my perception of it from the outside.
1: See, I read the pressure a little differently. The pressure is not he's running out of time. The pressure is that the window's open already because he's so good when so young. Uh, Sometimes teams mistime it. Uh, Luka Doncic is ready to lead a team deep into the playoffs. They just need to get the players around him. I also think some of the pressure comes from they already made their move for a second star, and it hasn't worked. Chris Opswezingis is not playing on that level. It's frustrating him. It's frustrating. Donchich is frustrating everybody. Uh, the problem is he's on this high salary, so it makes it harder to get somebody else. The Mavericks gave up a couple first-round picks to get him. Those are assets they can't use to get somebody else. Uh, so I think the pressure just comes from the frustration that, uh-oh, like this. This the first plan hasn't worked. That makes it harder to get to the second plan. By the time you, you let the first plan, if you're just going to let it run its course, then maybe Donchich is even more frustrated. Uh, But I I think the pressure is more generally optimistic. It's about the window being open, because Dantrich is so good.
0: So the Grizzlies should be better because they're young. The Warriors should be better because they're healthy. How much better are those teams going to be, and can they make a Suns-like leap?
1: Suns-like leap is tough. That's a a high bar. Both teams definitely can be better. Uh, The Warriors were pretty darn good this year when they weren't playing... James Wiseman uh, and maybe a couple other players who, who didn't belong in the rotation. The Suns, the the Warriors the, the is a the framework there, right? Steph Curry is awesome. Draymond Green can still dial it up at times. It's a question how often he can as he gets older, uh, but they should be pretty good. The Grizzlies, uh, you know, they, they've got to decide how fast they want to accelerate because some of the reason they were good, of course, is they're you know super young players, uh, especially John Morant. Some of it is they've had a couple solid veterans, especially uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Do you want to keep relying on him? Uh, By the time John Morant is peaking, uh, Jonas Valanciunas might not be in his prime anymore. Uh, So do, do you want to try, where do you want to time it? Do you want to have everything come together when John Morant is at his peak? Uh, then maybe that means you know trading Jonas is getting something for him, a younger player who, who's better timed with Moran, or do you want to try and be better now? Uh, but both those teams, however they go, uh, both the Warriors and Grizzlies should be in that playoff mix next year.
0: Well, Dan, before we get to next year, we got the finals this year. So enjoy them. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again as the offseason heats up. Thanks for having me. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports, Pro Basketball Talk. You can read him there. DJ and PK, will get you up to speed on this show next. Anything you missed, we'll catch you up. Stay with us.